The Edge is copyright 2006 by Scott Wittenberg. To learn more about this and other novels by the author, please visit scottwittenberg.com. And be sure to check out The Mayday Murders, another free podcast currently available by Scott Wittenberg. Chapter 9 Ellen was exhausted. As she lugged the heavy box of photographs over to the coffee table and set it down, she felt as if the last ounce of energy had been drained from her. With a yawn, she made her way into the kitchen and fixed herself a strong gin and tonic. She took a long sip and glanced up at the clock on the wall. It was eleven o'clock. Ellen shuddered as she realized that she had printed over fifty photographs in less than eight hours. No wonder she was so tired. She took another sip and went over to the kitchen window. She peered out the drab view of the air shaft that was now shrouded in darkness, with the exception of a few rectangles of light from the neighboring apartments. As she considered the mammoth feat she had performed that day, she knew that she could have finished the prints in even less time, had she not gotten careless near the end in her eagerness to finish. Now, as she looked back at the whole affair, she realized that she hadn't even enjoyed what she had been doing. She had always loved seeing her photographs come to life, but today she had worked purely out of anger and depression. What is happening to me? she thought. She drained the last of her drink and shivered as it went down. Something is very wrong here. What in God's sake is the matter with me? I, Christ, I need another drink. Ellen fixed herself another cocktail, this time adding a little more gin than usual. She sat down on the sofa and lit up a cigarette before lying back against the soft velvet cushion. Her eyes felt heavy as she stared up at the crystal chandelier hanging from the ceiling. Her vision became slightly blurred as she tried to mentally break down the colors of the spectrum being reflected onto the ceiling from the glistening facets of glass. She attempted to make out the fine line between red and orange, then orange and yellow, before she finally decided to give up the little game. Frustrated at her own weariness, she stared at the box of photographs and considered taking another look at them. Then, with a heavy shrug of her shoulders, she picked up the heavy box and heaved it across the room. Shit! Springing up from the couch, she strode across the living room and began thumbing through her record albums until she located an old copy of Rubber Soul by the Beatles. She stared at the cover for a moment, and then placed it on the turntable and turned up the volume. I've just seen a face cranked out of the speakers amidst the crackling of scratches on the well-worn vinyl. Ellen sauntered over to the couch and sat down, reaching for her drink. For a few moments she just sat there, absorbing the music in her head in an effort to exercise the thoughts that were invading it. Finally, she could no longer escape them. She began crying softly as the utter disarray of her life cascaded into her mind. Her life was a great big farce, a gigantic stage production that she had invented for herself. A one-act play, written and directed by herself, for herself. She was a solitary star, and her only audience. It had been a very successful show for all these seasons. But like even the longest-running shows on Broadway, it had to close some day. And now the curtain was falling for the very last time. Fini. No encores. The music became distant and obscured as various stills from her long-running play flashed before her. Like watching a slideshow in a totally dark room, each frame appeared in a sudden blast of light, only to be replaced by utter darkness until the next frame appeared. Frame 1. Her father looking over a report card with a look of unmistakable pride and satisfaction showing in his eyes. Straight A's. Great job, honey. Darkness. Frame 2. 
a composite of her best work in a leading fashion magazine. Beautiful models wearing beautiful clothes in beautiful settings. Beneath the myriad of photos, a single credit. Photographs by Ellen Brigatti. Darkness. Frame 3. David, naked, laying on top of her. Was it as good for you? Darkness. Frame 4. David, again. This time he stands in the doorway of her apartment, a hurt look in his eyes. But you need me, honey. Can't you see the mistake you're making? Darkness. Frame 5. Francois Dupont, sitting across from her at the table. Promise me. Darkness. Frame 6. The old man with the beard on the street. Follow me. The frame sticks. The image is crystal clear. His deep blue eyes tranquil and yearning. They twinkle like a million stars in the sky. Follow me, they say. But where? How? There is calm and reassurance in his eyes, a sort of mystical wisdom. Suddenly, the image begins to fade. Finally, total darkness. The show is over. Ellen opened her eyes. She realized she had dozed off and wondered for how long. The record was skipping on Norwegian wood. She glanced over at the old grandfather clock near the foyer. It was 11.45. Draining the last of her drink, she arose slowly from the couch and went over to the stereo to take the tone arm off the skipping record. Then she carried her glass into the kitchen to make another drink. Taking a large tumbler from the dishwasher, she filled it with a couple of ice cubes and added straight gin from the bottle. I need to get drunk, fast, she thought to herself. She returned to the living room and ambled over to the stereo. After placing the tone arm on the third track, she picked up the heavy box of photographs and placed it back on the coffee table. After a few hefty gulps from her drink, she began examining the photographs one by one until she suddenly swept the entire stack to the floor with a single sweep of her hand. Oh, what's the use? she cried disconcertedly. Picking up the tumbler and her cigarettes, she made her way to the sliding doors and stepped out onto the balcony. A stiff, cool breeze greeted her as she leaned over the iron railing. She folded her arms instinctively and stared out at the lights of the city below, the wind blowing her hair in gusts. Gazing across the East River towards Queens, she noticed that some of the lights of the Triborough Bridge were unlit, making the view considerably more stark than usual. A full moon shone brightly in the sky to the south. Ellen took a huge slug of straight gin and felt its warmth as it went down. She went over and sat down the cool concrete beside the door, the ice tinkling softly in her glass as she leaned her head back against the wall. Her mind was becoming numb from the effects of the liquor, and she welcomed the sensation. Just turn everything off, she thought to herself. No more pain. No more cares. All was calm. She lit up a cigarette and inhaled deeply. The smoke felt good in her lungs. She no longer felt the chill of the air as her body glowed in the familiar warmth. She closed her eyes. Through the open door, she could hear the music playing inside and listen to the lyrics closely. Say the word and you'll be free. Say the word and be like me. Say the word I'm thinking of. Have you heard? The word is love. It's so fine. It's sunshine. It's the word. Love. The music was sweet and soothed her head. As the song played, Ellen could feel herself becoming part of the music. She was floating on a cloud as the wind blew her gently through the sky, the earth far below her. The sky sang to her with a million beautiful, angelic voices. 
She glided swiftly through the air and felt the warm rays of sunshine against her naked body. A bird flew by as she sailed higher and higher into the sky toward the singing voices. She was as free as a bird. Looking down below, she could see the earth growing smaller and smaller as she sailed further and further away. The same rays of sun that warmed her body were shimmering on the seas of the earth. The singing voices became louder and more distinct. Earth eventually became a tiny, obscured dot as she felt herself lofting upward, ever faster on the cloud. A strong gust of wind blew her long, flowing hair away from her breasts, exposing them completely to the sky. Suddenly, the singing voices became one single, solitary voice. The voice was sweet and soothing, and much closer. The sky suddenly opened up, revealing a face. In that face she saw reassurance. It smiled at her, its features pleasing and comforting. All would be fine, it said. Her body grew warmer against the cool breeze gliding over her. Although she was naked, she didn't feel a bit ashamed as the face smiled at her and examined her closely. She could see in its eyes that it was pleased with what it saw. The face beckoned her. Follow me. She could feel herself getting ever closer to the face, peering through the hole in the sky. She almost reached it, then it suddenly disappeared. The music began fading out. Her cloud was dissipating into thin air. She was falling. Ellen suddenly awoke with a start. At first, she didn't know where she was. Then she regained her senses and realized that she had dozed off again. As soon as she became aware of this, her first reaction was that of alarm. What is wrong with me? she thought. She had experienced fatigue before, countless times, but never had it affected her like this. For the second time that night, she had suddenly dozed off for no apparent reason. Ellen's alarm then turned to anger. She didn't want to be awakened. Her only escape from the nagging thoughts that were torturing her was sleep. Why should she try to fight it any longer? It was just totally useless. Suddenly, it all made perfect sense to her. The answer was simple. She would simply go to sleep and never wake up. On a sudden impulse, Ellen sprang up and fled into the living room. She raced through her bedroom to the bathroom, breathing heavily. As she caught her breath, she stood before the mirror and stared at herself. She looked ugly. I hate you, she told her reflection. I don't ever want to see your face again. She flung open the medicine cabinet door and spotted the bottle of Valiums on the top shelf. She took the bottle out and twisted off the lid, then emptied the contents into her quivering hand. After a brief moment of hesitation, she poured the tablets into her mouth and washed them down with the remainder of her drink. That should just about do it. I could stand another drink, though. Laughing hysterically, she bolted through the living room to the kitchen. Her hands were shaking violently as she filled the tumbler to the brim with straight gin. She took a huge gulp of the liquor and nearly threw up. Her head started spinning for a brief moment, but she recovered. With a brisk shrug of her shoulders, she tore back into the living room and knelt down beside the record rack. She frantically thumbed through the stack of albums. I want some goddamn rock and roll, she blurted out as her fingers flailed randomly through the neat stack of recordings. Finally, near the end of the stack, she found it. Let it bleed by the rolling stones. She jumped to her feet and slapped the record on top of Rubber Soul, cranked up the volume to the max. The floor began shaking from the pulsating bass. Ellen jumped into the center of the living room floor. Let's party, goddammit, she shouted maniacally. She started dancing wildly, gin spilling all over the floor. 
She danced all around the living room, occasionally jumping up onto the couch and shaking her body as if she were in a cage at a disco. Hey, where the hell is everybody? Come on, let's party, she shrieked, peered around the room as if expecting to see people suddenly emerging from out of nowhere. Hey, Tom, I know you're around here somewhere. Come on out and dance with me, you chicken shit, she roared hysterically. After we dance a little, we can screw. Ah, I knew that would get you out, you horny little prick, she screamed as she imagined Tom entering the room and beginning to dance with her. That's it. Get down. Ellen drained what was left in her glass, not missing a beat. Excuse me, Tom. I need some more booze, she slurred to her imaginary partner, then danced her way madly into the kitchen. Picking up the bottle of gin, she took a slug before returning to the living room. She resumed her dance with Tom in the center of the room. Then she spotted David. Hey, David, bring out your goddamn fiancé and dance, you stupid bastard. Don't bore the bitch this soon, for Christ's sakes. Come on, we'll have a goddamn orgy. Ellen was absolutely delirious now. The whole room was packed with people dancing and getting smashed. It was the best party she had ever attended. All of her friends were there, as well as a few new faces she had never seen before. Ellen was certain they were enjoying themselves, but she felt that the party needed a little livening up. Hey, everybody, let's get naked. Ellen bounded up onto the sofa and started unbuttoning her blouse as the crowd came to a hush and looked on. After she undid the last button, she flung her blouse to the floor. She started shaking her bare breasts wildly and swung her hips from side to side to the rhythm of the music. Then she pulled down her skirt and kicked it off with her right foot into the crowd. It felt David's feet. David, my dear... You were a miserable hump, she said, as she began seductively caressing herself. Her hands glided slowly along the curves of her hips and down between her legs. I'm sorry, David, but you just couldn't quite satisfy me. I sure hope your singing life-to-be has better luck. As the room spun and shook from the loud music, Ellen resumed her little dance. She pulled her panties down to her ankles and kicked them off with her foot. Just as she did so, she lost her balance and fell to the floor. The shock of the fall momentarily brought her to her senses. She could no longer see her guests in the room, and she felt faint and dizzy. She stood up and looked around at the empty living room. Well, screw them, she said with a shrug. Ellen jumped back up onto the couch. Screw this whole goddamn world. I don't need anyone around, world. All I need is me. Look at me, world. Wouldn't you like to screw me? Well, you can't screw me, world. Screw you. Ellen began sobbing violently. She stepped down off the sofa and sat as the tears poured out from her eyes. Her body felt limp and numb as she buried her face in her hands and wept uncontrollably, her shoulders heaving in sporadic convulsions. When she finally opened her eyes for a brief moment, she was shocked to realize that her vision was completely blurred. The room started spinning, slowly at first, then faster and faster. The light from the chandelier began dimming, and for an instant she couldn't see anything at all only darkness. When her vision finally returned, Ellen arose and staggered into the kitchen. She found the light switch and turned it off, then turned off the living room lights on her way to the bedroom. As she stood in the darkness of the doorway, Ellen felt herself rapidly weakening. Her bed appeared to be miles away as she looked across the room. She leaned the entire weight of her body against the wall and began wondering if she could make the long journey to her bed. The whole room was spinning around her as she mustered up the strength to extend her right foot forward. Then, in slow motion, her left foot followed suit. Eventually, after what seemed like an eternity, 
She reached her goal and tumbled into it. Ellen's eyes closed immediately, and the whole world became utterly black.